Men are less likely to open up when feeling stressed. And hold it in, we're not going to ask for help. We're the fixers, and if, if we admit that we're not fixing it, then that means we're failures. Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator, a caregiver support group leader, and an international presenter on how to respond to dementia behaviors. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights, and share some emotional support. And we might even share a laugh or two, because we all know laughter is the best medicine. And don't forget the wine, Mike. No, I won't forget your wine, sweetheart. (laughs) So we've had a couple of male family caregivers on our show in the past. And back in 2019, at the National Caregivers Conference in Chicago, I did a presentation on issues associated with male caregivers. And, you know, we we definitely appreciate getting more information about men who are doing this. There are approximately 40% of family caregivers are male. That means more than 54 million. But the perception is usually that it's women that are doing this. Um, And that brings us to today's guest who's lived through the challenges of leading a family member through the cancer process from diagnosis to end-stage disease. Inspired by his battle-hardened experience, he created this project where he can share his lessons with all male caregivers. He is the founder and executive director of Caring Men Global. We are pleased to welcome Stephen Pack. Stephen, thank you. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Our listeners usually like to hear a bit about the person, our guest's caregiving experiences and how that brought you to doing the very important work that you're doing now. Happy, happy to do that. Uh, many, many years ago, my first wife lost the battle with, with breast cancer. Uh, during the fight of her disease, I was very active in doing the research, talking with the doctors, getting the results. And what I found during that period of time was I had to go to multiple resources for information regarding her disease. Fast forward now, fast forward to uh, COVID period. I had some time on my hands, and I decided it was time to give back again to what we learned about uh, the the cancer caregiving process. So I decided rather than just focusing on breast cancer, which was her disease, I decided that we needed to focus on men and all cancers because we, we know that there are multiple cancers. And caregiving really radiates throughout all those cancers. So at that point in time, I decided, what are the most common cancers? So we identified 10 of the most common cancers in conjunction with building a cancer library, and we call it Cancer Giving 101, to educate men on how to deal with cancer. Because men really need a kick in the butt sometimes to get going and to understand that they indeed are responsible for helping their wives. Many years ago, after uh, my wife had passed away, we also formed a group called Men Against Breast Cancer. I did this with another gentleman. We had some success with that, but we only focused on breast cancer. And what we would do, we would fly folks in from around the country, literally, put them around the table. We'd have a facilitator. And what we found was 
men don't talk to each other. But once you, have sure a, <laughs> once you have a facilitator to start ask, uh, asking questions, it's amazing how people, how men open up. And we tears galore. Uh, men would bring their sons and their fathers with them, um, all related to the cancer patient. And it really was a catharsis for most. So I took all what we learned there, and I'm kind of juggling it into Caring Men Global. Because we want Caring Men Global to be the go-to site for all male caregivers who are dealing with a cancer patient. We, have, we really want to be the American Cancer Society for male caregivers in cancer. So when you have, if you're a caregiver and you need information, you just need to come to our site and you'll get all the information you need to be a good caregiver. You know, Steve, um, when I did my presentation at the National Caregivers Conference. And one mm. of the things is caregiving is caregiving. It doesn't matter whether it's a cancer patient or a dementia patient. Some of the nuances are quite different. You deal with um, a whole lot of different behaviors with dementia than you do, say, with a cancer patient. But I, one of the things I did brief is that men are less likely to open up when feeling stressed and kind of hold it in. We're not going to ask for help. We're the fixers. And if, if we admit that we're not fixing it, then that means we're failures. And that's one of the things I presented at the, at the uh, conference. Uh, and I, I'd like to, you know, kind of step in here just for a minute, because um, I love what you said about not focusing on one kind of cancer. There are several different kinds of cancers and they have different treatments. And that's, that's really important in the dementia world as well. We often find people saying, what's the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia and not understanding that Alzheimer's is a form of dementia. And I recommend that people who have a loved one, a family member diagnosed with dementia, immediately asked what kind. You know, it's like going to the doctor and the doctor saying you have cancer and not telling you what type of cancer it is. So I really applaud you for reaching out to the other cancers. And, you know, people, you know, we think of cancer as a disease, but it's, it's many diseases. Well, that's, that's absolutely right. And I, I think by delivering information and having a site available to men, give men a level of comfort. There's someone there to hold their hand through the process. Men don't know where to go. Uh, and they need to be led particularly under these circumstances. And what we have found over the years is that when the caregiver is comfortable with what they're doing with the patient, the patient becomes more comfortable. And when the, when the patient is comfortable, their cortisol levels decrease and therefore allow their uh, treatments to be more effective. So it's really important, even from a medical standpoint, as well as from a, me a, a mental standpoint, to give the caregiver the tools that he needs in order to comfort the patient. Now, you, you mentioned, you know, bringing men together so they can support one another and it opening up their emotions and bringing other family members in. Um, as part of your outreach, do you have support groups for, for men uh, set up at various places? Uh, are you looking for groups to start that? Um, what's going on with that? Oh, oh, oh. 
support groups is not at the moment on our hit list. Uh, we're still young. We're still growing. Uh, we're looking for uh, outreach. Uh, we're looking for funding and ideas. Um, you know, I've hired some marketing people and some consultants to help us get out the word as to who we are. Uh, at some point, perhaps we might migrate to uh, a support network. But at this point, the goal is to have our site be the support network. Mm -hmm. And I want men to understand that we're here to help and to hold their hands. And because cancer, as we all know, is a global issue, uh, we want folks to be able to just focus in on Caring Men Global website and to get all the information that they need. And part of our goal is to have a chat room so that men can talk to each other uh, in a, co a confidential manner. Uh, we haven't built that yet, but it's, uh, it's in the planning stages. Well, Steve, I think it's fair to point out that um, this is months old. It's not years old. That's right. It's, uh, you know, weeks, if not months old. So I can, I, I have seen what's on your website and there's a lot of information in a few months. And I suspect that down the road, there's going to be a tremendous amount more information. So um, if somebody goes there and doesn't see what they're looking for right now, it, again, it's weeks and months old. It's not something that's been around for a long time. Well, Mike, th thanks for bringing that up. You're, you're absolutely right. We're still in the very early stages of development. Uh, I think we've done a, a stellar job in, in building it uh, with what we have so far. Uh, I mean, one of the part of the program is to have more media clips on from oncologists and sociologists and psychologists. Um, but we're, we're, we're not there yet. Um, we have a few on the site now. But and also as we grow, we can build the site in a different fashion. We can add things to the site. Uh, to Bobby's point about a support group, yeah, I think that's a great idea. But I want to do it in a uh, in a uh, modern a modern fashion using uh, digital means rather than what we used to do years ago. Where we actually, as I mentioned earlier, we would fly guys in from around the country and put them around a the table. I want men to have the ability globally to come to our site and to be able to talk to each other. Well, that's kind of what we do here. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, with, the, with the advent of, of COVID, people have gotten used to holding digital meetings, and they work really well. In fact, my local support group, mm -hmm. I have moved permanently into a virtual meeting so I can expand the outreach. Well, see, I think that's excellent. And part of the, the vision that I have is to have a, a, um, a conference uh, a global conference of, of caregivers um, at some point where I, I kind of envision when I look at my screen, I see a thousand men across the globe um, listening to folks like, like you and Mike and, and other professionals uh, on how to be a really good caregiver. And in, in the dementia world, that's, that's very much happening. I've had the privilege of presenting at several international dementia conferences. So it's, it's definitely doable. It is indeed. I think technology has helped us a lot. I think COVID has really uh, assisted us in thinking deeper about how to communicate with people. And by using Zoom and, and Google Meets and web, web, uh, webmail, et cetera, et cetera, has really accelerated the communication process and one of the things that we're going to be doing with Caring Men is to determine how to leverage that 
uh, as best as possible for us to get our word out to the world. One of the things I noticed on um, the Caring Men website is there's a lot of resources uh, for the veterans caregiver. Well, first of all, I'm a vet, so I have a, a soft heart for all vets, as we all should. They've uh, they, they 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 keep us alive today, and there were and because of them, we're we're talking. That's right. The veterans resource page was put together in honor of Veterans Day coming up on November the 11th. Um, we have a we're going to have a push to, to drive veterans to our site. Uh, I feel that veterans sometimes are a lost group. Uh, and they need to be brought into the fold that they're, they're part of the caregiving process. And, um, you know, a veteran who has a sick mother or wife or a child, they need to know there are people behind them, such as Caring Men Global, to give them the resources they need to be a good caregiver. Well, being a vet also. Good. Um, I, uh, I applaud that effort. Well, well, thank you. And I think there's a real good niche there. Um, you know, many times vets get lost. There's been a lot of unfortunate information given about vets and the whole VA situation. And that, that you know, that's that's discussion for another day. But there are veterans out there that need support. And we're, I want them to know that we're here to give them that support. Now, I would like to I certainly appreciate all veterans and, you know, every single generation of my family has veterans in it. But getting back to men caring for women, uh, one of the things that Mike talked about when he presented at the conference was men having some discomfort in, in dressing and in changing and in, in, in bathing women. Now, if it's your wife, it might be one thing, but if it's your mom or your sister or your daughter, it could be a very different experience. One of the men in my caregiver support group talked to us one day about the challenge of buying his first bra uh, and how to make sure it fit and how to help, you know, put it on his wife. These are things that women don't worry about. Either they've had the personal experience or, or they're dealing with men who aren't quite as complicated as females as far as their body structure goes. <laughs> right. These are always challenges for men, particularly for the first time. We would say, men, step up to the plate. It's time for you to hit the ball. And uh, rather than grabbing them by the collar, I look at them in the eyes and you are the leader in this situation. You are responsible for maintaining the health of your wife. And um, it's time to, to to get to get there. And I think after the first time you you get through that hurdle of buying the bra or, or bathing your wife, uh, your bathing your mother is probably a little more difficult. You may want to get some help on that. I, I fully agree with that. Right. Um, but once you pass that hurdle, you understand that it, it's part of your job, part of the process. In, in caregiving. And I would imagine, as Mike mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, laughter is the best medicine. And right. maybe there's some, you find some humor in, in a number of these situations. Well, you just gave me a great idea. You're at, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm making note as, as you say that laughter is an excellent means of helping patients and caregivers get through the process. Um, I may just add a page of, of laughter into my website because of that, because that, that's just a, you're, Bobby, you're dead on with that. I mean, that, that's a great cure. Uh, both my wife and I have a, a friend who unfortunately is going through metastatic disease at the moment in a very serious manner, and we try to make her laugh all the time. It, it helps. 
it helps. It brings that cortisol level down to a more manageable stage. Um, but uh, that's a great point, and I think laughter is a, is a major part of the caregiving process. Well, not only that, but for the caregiver too. It just yeah. relieves a little some, some of the stress. And, and it might only be for two to three minutes, but that's two to three minutes of less stress. Well, yeah, and uh, there is stress involved as a caregiver, as we all know. Oh, you bet. It's, it's tough. And there's anger and resentment and fear and all of these other negative emotions. And we spend a lot of time talking about those. Yeah. But there are, there are also, you know, really positive moments as well. You know, I recommended to uh, some people that, that I deal with, if you go into the, the room where the person with dementia is and they look at you and they're frowning and they're angry, if you do a silly little dance... Um, maybe they'll laugh. And if it doesn't help them, maybe it'll help you um, exactly to that point to, to break that tension. I'm, I'm delighted we're having this conversation because I'm, I'm going to take the whole laughter idea. And when we visit our friend who is unfortunately very ill, I think I'll dress up like a clown. And, uh, and, and yeah, why not? Yeah. And, why and, not? Just, and just by talking about it and you know, the fact that, Bobby, you brought up the laughter idea ma- makes me feel better. And because uh, laughter is a, is a, it's a helpful cure um, during a process like this, no question. One of the things that Bobby talks about a lot is caregiver guilt. Is mm. uh, um, being a caregiver? Did you experience that, or are uh, some of your um, colleagues experiencing that? That's a great question. You know, I didn't feel the guilt until about ten years after she passed away. So I was trying to put together all the pieces throughout this whole period of time of how did we miss this? How did we miss the process of her being so careful with her mammograms? And I I went back to, I guess it was about a year and a half prior to when she was first diagnosed, when she had her mammogram, that perhaps the digital process was not as pronounced as it is today. And had it been a, a better uh, technology, perhaps it would have picked up on a dot that uh-huh. would have said, hey, there's a problem. And and silly me, silly me, I mean, it was, you know, 10 years post, post her death that I thought about, well, maybe the machinery wasn't working right, or maybe the doctor wasn't in a good mood that day and just missed it. And I went back to the medical uh, folks and I asked for a copy of the... Um, I guess the mammogram, and they said, "Well, after ten years, we don't keep them anymore," and that just that shot me down completely. But that's the only guilt that I had felt. And people say, "Well, I should never feel guilty about that," because I have to tell you, as I look back on how I cared for my wife and and took 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 her medicine with her and held her hand, and you know, it's it's emotional. It's tough. Absolutely, it is. Oh. Absolutely. But I do think they're spot on that the technology is better. And I was just reading a magazine that came from one of our local hospitals that talk about how it's it's even more advanced now than it was then. But I had a cousin who who had um, breast cancer diagnosed at the, it was what they said at the time, not no bigger than the head of a pin. So we've definitely come a long way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe, and that's a great point. I believe that if the technology was there when she was first diagnosed, 
um, we would have we would have picked it up, no question. Or maybe even diagnosed sooner. And diagnosed sooner, correct? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So yeah, technology plays a great role in uh, in, in the caregiving process. You know, it it gives you information you wouldn't have had otherwise. And I think going back to what Mike was talking about, the caregiver guilt, I would imagine that with the fear and with the anger that comes with a diagnosis that could very well be fatal and many times does prove to be, there are moments when you might not be as patient. You might snap at somebody who's, you know, behaving in a way that you you normally wouldn't accept. And it definitely happens when dealing with dementia. People get frustrated and they and they and they talk very harshly to the person that needs care, and then they feel terrible guilt about it. Yeah. I would imagine that that sometimes happens, even in this situation. My recommendation for guilt is humans have a very wonderful way of assigning responsibility for things that they have no control over to themselves and they feel this guilt and it's part of being human, go ahead and feel it for five minutes, 10 minutes, process it and move on and do better the next time. Well, you're absolutely right. And basically I used to tell my kids, get over it. Or they would tell me, <laughs> dad, get over it. Yeah. And they're right. And But it's okay to feel guilty for a few minutes, not for a few days while you're caring for a patient, for sure. Absolutely. And, and, and none of us are going to there's no rules to this. There's no exact right way to do it. We do our best, and sometimes um, it's not that great. <laughs> well, that, that's exactly right. And the rules are different patient to patient. Absolutely. Um, you know, every everybody's different, and you have to kind of go with the flow. Um, but you have to understand what the end end goal is. The end goal is to get the patient better and to keep them healthy as, as much as you can. Or to keep them as comfortable as you can. Well, that's, you know, that's another great point, Mike. One of the things my first wife would say to me, and she was a, she was a medical professional herself. She said, if I ever get sick, make sure I look good and I'm comfortable. <laughs> and in my eyes, she always looked good. Uh, and, and sure enough, when she was last ill, I made sure she was comfortable. And, and she was, and the doctors made sure she was comfortable, too. It's very important. Pay attention to that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you right. always look wonderful. <laughs> there you go. But you, you, that brings me to a, a funny story that happened a few years back. I was um, uh, working, acting as a go-between of a group supplying resources to a group in a nursing home that needed resources. And this goes back to the, the music therapy. And they had a music and memory program. And so when I brought all these uh, items to, to, the, to the facility, um, they asked me if, if they could take a picture to put it in their weekly, you know, recap newsletter. And I said, sure. And the one woman looked at the other and she said, go get Evelyn. And so the ones went out dutifully to get Evelyn. And the second woman told me that Evelyn gets up every morning and gets all done up, does her hair, her makeup, gets dressed to the nines. So if something's going to happen... She's right there. She's ready to go. She doesn't want to miss a thing. Oh, that's terrific. So yeah. I thought, wow, what a great attitude um, sure. being in this yeah. assisted living facility. So they bring Evelyn in, and she's in a wheelchair, and, and they wheel her in. And so we took a picture, and I was down on one knee beside the wheelchair. 
And I took her hand and she said to me, oh, by the way, Evelyn was 80, 85, 86 years old. And, and she said to me, she said, oh my, your hands are so warm. And I said, what I usually say when people tell me that, I said, well, that's because I'm hot stuff. <laughs> and she looked at me, she says, oh dear. I'm just a little too old for that. You're going to need to talk to one of those other two women over there. That's a great. Uh, that, that, uh, yeah, talk to someone who's 82. Right. Yeah. Right. right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can keep that always looking good or always ready. Um, well, always ready. I think is a very good. Um, you know, always, always ready is. Uh, I was a Boy Scout, so be prepared. That's right. right. So, uh, and you need to be prepared when you're a caregiver because things can change in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Um, you know, your patient, uh, your wife, your loved one, whatever can, can get up one day and say, uh, you know, I've, I got a pain here. I didn't have it yesterday. And the first thing goes to your mind, like the cancer spread, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and you have to know how to react and you have to know how to comfort the, uh, the patient. It's important. Well, I call caregiving um, creative problem solving on the run because you never know what's going to happen, not only the next day, but the next minute. Well, that's exactly right. You're in a battle, as Mike and I would understand. You're in, you're in a firefight and you don't know where the bullets are coming from. And so you have to be ready at, the, at, at, at a moment's notice. Yes. Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough for being on the, on the show. Um, I'm sure our listeners got a lot out of hearing us talk about male caregiver and male caregiver issues. It's It's been, again, enlightening for me. And just as there are things that you're going to use from this show, there are things that I'm going to use when I go out and speak. Well, I'm delighted to, to, to help you. And I'm delighted that you've given me some great ideas today. I mean, it's, it's just terrific. And, and that's how it should work. We, we need to share with each other Absolutely. what we've learned because we're all in this program together. Uh, this is not a, a one-guy show or a one-person show. Right. And we're both dealing with global issues. You know, dementia grows, you know, every 66 seconds somebody else is diagnosed with another form of mm. dementia. It's a, it's a worldwide pandemic, as I often say. And, of course, breast cancer is also global. Uh, women are dying every single day of these insidious, this insidious disease, as well as the other cancers. Yeah, that's, that's ab absolutely true. And, you know, we're in a, a, a global situation. It's not just a, a local one. Um, and as, as I say on my website, cancer has no, recognizes no borders uh, nor socioeconomic positions. It doesn't care whether or not you're a Rockefeller or, or John Doe from uh, Tuscaloosa. It, uh, it, 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 it affects everybody and we need and we need men to recognize they're part of the program and we you know i got to kick them in the bottom to, to get them moving that's one of the things i know to, I, to recap our conversation was that men need a kick in the butt to know that they have to care for their wives and i am so glad that you are around to give them that kick and hopefully, um, we'll get enough. We'll get people to listen to this and, and you know turn that light bulb on. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. The goal was to you know get the world to listen to us. That men need to be involved, and it needs to be part of the culture. Uh, you know, many men run from it because they don't. Men are not engineered with the DNA to make this thing work from the get go. But once you give them the tools and the inspiration, 
uh, a lot of guys step up to the plate. I think that's the, that's the key right there, Steve. You, once you give them the tools, you know, a lot of times there's a miscommunication between husbands and wives because wives want men to step up and help them, but they don't tell them what they want them to do. Right. But if you specifically say, will you do this, please, th- they'll do it. That's right. Well, our, we're, we're the coach. <laughs> We're going to help you get through the process. And, and that's why we want <laughs> Carryman Global to be known as the place to go to. If, you, if you're needing to be a caregiver for a cancer patient, we're here to hold your hand. We're going to get you through the process. And that's, that's, that's part of the ultimate goal with, with our mission here. I'm, I'm driven to get this thing done to where we're recognized all around the globe that if you need help, you come to our site and we're going to give it to you. Well, we'll definitely put a link to your site on our show page. And, you know, once it's up there, it stays there. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You guys are doing a great job. Well, Steve, again, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute joy meeting, talking to you and sharing because they say knowledge is power, but shared knowledge is the real power. Well, absolutely. Well, I look forward to staying in touch with you all, and uh, you guys are doing good work for the world, which is wonderful. Thank you so much. You can find more information about Stephen on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So please, subscribe to the show, go to iTunes and post a review, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question or issue you'd like for us to address, please post on the Roger That Facebook page and we will answer. To find out more about us, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master. And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights from dramas to comedies and all those in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company.